Lead me to some soul today. Oh, teach me, Lord, just what to Welcome, everyone, to episode number 37. Uh, hard to believe it's number 37 already, but it's this uh, episode of a series of episodes we call Leading Others to Christ. Uh, those of you who have been watching and listening, you know that during these episodes, we're going to be focused on evangelism. Uh, we have a lot of goals uh, with this, and they can, it seems like they continue to expand, which it's exciting, but we're trying to stir people up, quite frankly, uh, to stir people up to love and good works, but especially in the area of evangelism, uh, of reaching our family, our friends, and our neighbors with the gospel of Christ. My name is Dan Barker, and I preach for the Creekside Church of Christ in Franklin, Indiana. Uh, we're also served as one of the shepherds. Uh, for those of you that don't know, Franklin's about 20 miles south of uh, downtown Indianapolis. Um, and those of you that know me know that that I'm passionate about our topic today. Uh, I'm passionate about evangelism. I have been ever since I obeyed the gospel in, in Owensboro, Kentucky, when I was 21 years old. And, and ever since then, I really have. I've been striving to meet people, to read. If you could look at my modest library i've got all anything that's ever been written i think uh, i've got it in uh, uh on evangelism and and so it, i wanted to uh uh to try to find other people out here that are doing this and and do this very thing that we're doing today to interview them and find out who they are where they are uh why they're doing what they're doing how they're doing it and so that we can learn and and again to, to hopefully learn from the ones that we talk to uh, and we've learned a lot of things, and it's been great that everybody's been so willing to share. But again, to help us get back on fire again and 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 reach people in our community, um, I see myself more as a teacher than a preacher. Uh, and I always I always think about uh, what Paul told Timothy in Second Timothy two two. He said, "The things that you've heard from me among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men." And I'm going to say, and women, faithful men and women, who will be able to teach others also. And then I like it that later on in the chapter, uh, Paul uses this language. He said to be uh, useful for the master, prepared for every good work. And uh, so I think that all fits into this whole conversation. And again, uh, to try to, to find those that are doing this. And uh, we're so excited today that we have... Uh, uh, one such uh, fella. Uh, we have J.R. Brogger with us today. Welcome, J.R. Well, thank you, Dan. It's just a pleasure to be with you. Uh, you know, you, you said this is uh, episode 37. It's like I've said, you know, it takes a long time to get to the bottom of the barrel. So, and I, I'm just glad to be with you. Uh, well, we, uh, you know, it's fun. Uh, J.R. and I had a chance to talk a little bit yesterday, but I wish I could remember the year that we met. First time we met was, uh, was in Owensboro. And uh, and long time ago, but it's it's been great to uh, I wish we'd been closer through the years to be able. To, uh, but it's been great to be able to, to be around you at the times that we have and and especially today. Now, I always tell everybody, unless you're driving and get out paper and pen here and make some notes because you're going to be able to learn some things about J.R.'s story. And uh, and we just really encourage that. But uh, J.R., we just again, we're so happy that you're here and. What we like to start each interview out with is uh, what I call the, like the old elevator pitch uh, uh, or a, a short bio. And, and I'd like for you to, 
I know a lot of people know JR, but if you would share with us, uh, go back to the beginning, where you were born and when when you obeyed the gospel, who taught you, where you are now. Just, just kind of, yeah, I know. It. How much time do we have, Dan? I, <laughs> you've been around as long as you and I have. You start back at the beginning, it's going to take you a while. But, uh, you know, you're talking about the time that we met. I'm thinking, Dan, it would have had to been in the mid-70s, I suppose, mid-1970s that we we met. It was after the man who had converted us had moved to Owensboro, I believe, from from where we were uh, worshiping with him. And so, yeah, we we go back a long time. And I just I followed your work uh, both in Lexington and overseas, and and there in Franklin. And you're just doing a wonderful job in the Vineyard of Our Lord. I, I just appreciate being able to share with you these few minutes together uh, today. My story begins a long time ago when. Uh, Sue and I first got married, but I was born, I tell people, just right on the outskirts of Appalachian America, uh, down in Berea, Kentucky, and uh, grew up in, in Louisville, grew up in a home that did not know the Lord. I'll just be very frank with you. We did not, uh, were not members of any kind of church denomination of any, any kind or another. And, and so I kind of grew up kind of wet and wild, I guess. And I met a young woman uh, while I was in the army uh, and she was a member of the Nazarene church. Her name was Sue Terry at the time. Uh, and she later became my wife. And uh, we, matter of fact, we've got uh, 53 years together uh, th this month. Yeah. And uh, she was a member of the Nazarene denomination. Okay. And uh, her grandfather was a uh, Nazarene preacher in Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, Clarence Elam was his name. He preached at the Greenwood Church, uh, Greenwood Nazarene Church on Greenwood Road, right out. So that's probably in the Shively or Pleasure Ridge area of, of Louisville. And uh, anyway, uh, so after Sue and I married, uh, I got involved in the Nazarene Church. I had my so-called conversion experience. Uh, uh, I taught Sunday school class. I did everything that I could. Sue and I both sang in the choir. We were members of the uh, Nazarene Young People Society. Uh, we have just kind of use the acronym NYPS, uh, I, I suppose. Uh, and anyway, uh, we started studying our Bible, got serious about studying the Bible. And, uh, and while we were studying our Bible, we began to realize that there were things that we were being taught, things that we believed, things that we had acted upon, that were not in the Bible. And I'm not saying that in a condemning way. I'm just telling you my story. Right. And uh, we, I, I then began to ask the, the preacher or the pastor, as we referred to him, uh, questions about these things. And uh, he would give me some answers sometimes. Sometimes they were good answers. Uh, and sometimes they, frankly, just did not, in my mind, add up. And, and so it was a long process of time, and I'm just kind of giving you a, a, a brief uh, synopsis here of that. Uh, and we were told by someone uh, that knew of our interest in Bible studies that there was a radio program that was being sponsored by one of the local churches of Christ in Louisville, Kentucky, and invited us to just listen to that program. Uh, and they did it from a negative standpoint, which was kind of funny, Dan. It was from a, from a negative standpoint because they said, what you'll hear is people arguing about the Bible. 
and, and, and that was their concept of this. Well, it really wasn't that, but people would ask questions and the answers would be given that would be in opposition to what they had always believed. And that's the way it was with us. And we got uh, listening to these radio pro- this radio program uh, that was sponsored by the South End Church of Christ in Louisville. And Brother Ken Green was the minister uh, there. And he, like I said, just beginning of this, he moved to Owensboro, uh, I think less than two years after our conversion. Uh, but nevertheless, it was he who was preaching there. And he had a radio program. You know, Ken, he's got a radio voice. I know. Uh, yeah, <laughs> this guy was amazing. As a matter of fact, let me take a little side trip here, if I might. Sure, sure. I, I was uh, I was working for Ford Motor Company at the time, and and I would listen to that radio program. Uh, I was working afternoon shift, uh, and it started at three o'clock. And that radio program was on two thirty three, and so I, I would I would get out to Ford Motor Company. And I would be sitting in the parking lot just for the last minute listening to that program. And there would be, and I'm not exaggerating, 20 or 25 other cars where people were sitting in listening to that program. That's how popular that program was at the time. As a matter of fact, we went to a interdenominational crusade uh, at Freedom Hall in Louisville. And there was a denominational preacher there from New Orleans, Louisiana, and he was preaching a sermon on the conversion of the Philippian jailer. And he got to mocking that program from the pulpit out there with 19,000 people. And he received a standing ovation when he mocked that program. That just shows you the impact of that radio program. Isn't that Uh, amazing? It, it, it was amazing. And anyway, after listening to uh, the radio program for a while, and I even called in some questions, we decided to visit the South End Church of Christ for the first time. And so we went uh, on a Sunday morning, and coincidentally, uh, the preacher was preaching a series of sermons on premillennialism. And we were premillennial, and I don't know how many of our listeners will even understand the word. I'm sure many will. Uh, although we never heard the word used. We believed wow. the doctrine of premillennialism, and he was exposing that. And as a result of, uh, of just visiting the first time, we asked if we could have a Bible study. And uh, he and his wife came over and started studying with us. And a couple of weeks later, we obeyed the gospel. And that's kind of my story of, of conversion. Wow. Wow, what a story. Yeah, there's so many. Uh, you know, I told you I, I try to feed off the things that you say. We could take the rest of our time just talking about all of that. But uh, just the uh, uh, think about that, just the power of, at the time uh, and even today with the technology. We'll talk about that in a minute, but uh, of how to reach people today. But the fact that, that you and Sue were looking, that you were seeking, you had started studying your Bible yourself heard about the radio program, got involved in that, even followed up to the point that you went there to hear uh, what was being taught and then being willing to st- and, and ask for a study. Uh, you know, that's what, uh, and, and I'm just, it's like, well, that, people would say, oh, there's no other, there's no JRs and Sues out there today. How would you answer that? I, I'm telling you, I, I just, 
disagree with that vehemently because there are, I like to, uh, and many times I like to give my story when I uh, have, have the opportunity to preach at various places. And the reason that I do is not to draw attention to our conversion as though it's something special because everybody's conversion is special, regardless of how they come to know the Lord. But I tell my conversion story because I like to conclude by telling people there are a lot of people like me out there needing someone like you who can just reach down and sit down at the kitchen table and talk to them about the scriptures. And that's what Ken did in, in, in his teaching with us. It was very informal, sitting in our living room or sitting around the kitchen table, taking the word of God. That's the power of conversion. It's not in the power of our glibness. It's not in the power of our use of the English language. You know, you can, it's like someone said one time, you, you, you can have a speech impediment to the extent that you stutter like Mel Tillis, but if you're using the word of God, you can get it across, and that's the power of conversion. Oh, yeah, that's, uh, again, so good. Uh, yeah, it, and so many times we say, oh, yeah, I believe in the power of the gospel, but then we, we act and live like, uh, you know, it doesn't work. Or, well, um, yeah, we, we'll often say, well, it, it won't do any good to talk to that person, or it won't do any good. You know, they're too involved in this church or that church, or they're too involved in the world. It, it's just not so. There are people who are seeking, people who are lost, people who know that the life that they're living is just unfulfilled and the fulfillment of course is in Christ in a relationship with him. Yeah. And that, again, back to what I said a few minutes ago, that's one of the reasons I wanted to do these interviews is to get people uh, stirred up and thinking about the, uh, the potential J I'm going to, I might do this through the whole interview, the potential JRs and Sue's that live in their community uh, that they don't know who they are or where they are yet. But if they'll just start looking uh, we, we pray all the time. Well, maybe we don't pray enough, but ask God for opportunities. But then he puts them in our way, in, in our path, and we just walk right by them. Uh, and and I, I think that's so sad because we uh, are just not as aware as we as we can be. You know, uh, uh, I'm, I'm going to jump in because uh, we've talked about, we've mentioned Sue's name several times. I, I failed in some of the interviews to uh, to bring up the, the spouses and uh I know, uh, let's talk just for a second. Uh, Sue's been such a, a partner of yours over the, would you say 53 years? Right. Uh, I appreciate her more than I, than I ever have before, knowing that she's been married to you for 50 <laughs> But no, uh, but everybody knows what I'm kidding about. But Absolutely. You know, how valuable is a, uh, is a faithful partner to, uh, to someone that's doing evangelism? How important is that role? Oh, I, I got to tell you, it is, it is so important. I, as a matter of fact, I'm going to be very honest with you. I, I believe as far as personal one-on-one -on -one evangelism, uh, she's got me beat hands down. She, she has the ability to uh, communicate with ladies and with uh, uh, young people in, in a way that's just absolutely phenomenal. And she has been responsible for converting uh, a number of people on her own and, and, and that support and the support that she gives me and the work that I do is, is just invaluable. It really, really is. As a matter of fact, she is probably the way that she raised our children or she and I raised our children, opening our home. We, we've had uh, so many people, we were talking the other day, so many people who have actually come and lived with us 
that we tried to influence. And I, when I talk about living with us, I'm not talking about just spending the night. I'm talking about spending months uh, in our home. And, and our children were raised by, you know, to open up their homes to others. And, and this has been just a great tool that we've used to be able to reach people and teach people the gospel. Well, oh, so we could talk about that so much. And I do, since you brought, we brought up the family there a little bit, I know, uh, 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 I know your, your grandkids, and I don't want to have to be careful how I do this, I'll leave somebody out, but uh, I know your grandkids uh, uh, are, I've heard stories about them inviting their friends, people they played sports with or went to school with, and invited them to services and setting up Bible studies and, and leading others to Christ. And uh, even our, and so I'll commend you and Sue for that and this, this generational conversation that we can have, but uh, be sure and pass on to them that we brought that up here and just to, to commend them to keep up their good work. And too many times we, we met, we, uh, we fail to realize the power and the potential that our young people have. Uh, well, we, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I, grandchildren, many of them played sports uh, in high school and uh, even in college, and they have used those opportunities to teach their teammates. And uh, as a matter of fact, I have several uh, videos that have been sent to me by my grandsons showing them in the baptistry, baptizing a uh, classmate or baptizing uh, someone with whom they play sports. And it, it's just encouraging to us. And, you know, it's kind of like John said, you know, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. And that can be said for the third generation as well. Oh, why? Uh, sure, sure. Tell us a little bit about uh, where you are there now, there in uh, in Missouri, right? Um, exactly. Yeah. Uh, I let me, let me back up just a little bit. I sure. moved, I moved to Indiana uh, from the Nashville, Tennessee area back in 1987. And I was with two congregations in Indiana. And that's how I got to just appreciate and know the work that you're doing there in Indiana so, so much. And I, I, again, I commend you for the good work that you're doing, you and your wife, Gabe. Uh, but we, we were with two congregations. I was with the Traders Point congregation uh, in Indianapolis. And then in 2000, I moved over to work with the Danville Church in Danville, Indiana, which is a little west, a uh, little west of, uh, of Indianapolis, and was there until eight, uh, 2018. And I had the opportunity to move out to work with the congregation in Blue Springs, Missouri. Now, when I say work with the congregation, I, I don't mean that I, I am the main guy. They have a main guy here, and he's absolutely fantastic, and that's Brett Hoagland. And I, I work with Brett, and he's one of the elders there as well. And uh, so Sue and I have been here since, uh, well, since uh, well, it's starting in our third year okay. uh, that we've been here. It's with the Southside Church of Christ in Blue Springs, Missouri. It's a, it's a great congregation. I'm just so pleased to be able to uh, be identified with them. One of the things that... Uh, has happened since we've been here. Of course, we've got the COVID situation, and that's that's something that's uh, uh, hurting, you know, everybody, I suppose, everybody. And throughout the world, and not just in America. Uh, and so, you know, that has caused us a little bit to change the way that we're trying to reach people. Uh, it's kind of limited our ability to actually get out and get in people's homes because of their hesitancy to, 
uh, to allow this. And, but we, through Zoom and uh, other means, have been able to, uh, to reach people. I, I know Brother Hoagland and others within the congregation are continuing to uh, try to reach out to people, as we are, in, in, in having private Bible studies. But uh, we're able to, like we're doing here, uh, Zoom, we're able to uh, reach people that, well, to be frank with you, I, I don't know that we could have reached before. If, if I can, can I give you one example of that? Of course. There, there, there was, we've got a, uh, a lady here in the congregation whose parents live in California. And we begin live streaming our Sunday services uh, at, at, during this time. And, well, actually, probably doing it a little bit before, but especially during this time. And her father who lives in California, has brain cancer. And he would get up uh, early. They're on Pacific time. We're on Central time here. So if we're broadcasting at nine here, he's watching at seven o'clock uh, out there. And, uh, and so we heard about that. And so my wife, you talked about her a little earlier, uh, she decided to start sending this man some cards and let him know that we're praying for him. Wow. And that impressed him. And we heard about that. And so uh, we get a hold of him and we ask him. Now, remember, he's in California and we're in Kansas City. And we ask him, would it be possible for us to put you in touch with a gospel preacher in the Los Angeles area? And he said we were a little bit hesitant because uh, thinking he may not respond in a positive way because of the denominational affiliation that he had, but he said, absolutely. And so I uh, contacted a preacher friend of mine in the Los Angeles area, uh, brother Tom Thornhill. And Tom went over and met with this guy and baptized he and his wife. And wow. that, that is just kind of uh, some of the, uh, I, I guess, positive fallouts of the COVID. Wow, what a great story, you know, and uh, yeah, I mean, who would have ever, can you imagine back when we were younger or even a few <laughs> years ago, to say you could, uh, you could actually uh, contact and reach somebody uh, living in Indiana and, or, or in Missouri and set up a, a study with them uh, or communicate with them in California, uh, you know, uh, you would have thought, really? <laughs> yeah, but, uh, well, I got to tell you, a few years ago, I was in Ethiopia. Uh, preaching, and we were out in some remote area, and an Ethiopian preacher come up to me and said, I know you. And I, yeah, I mean, I almost fell over. How, how, how do you know me? And he said, well, I watch you on the internet. Uh, you know, it, it's so good to see you again and see your excitement, and uh, uh, that's one thing that's come up a couple of times, uh, and I call it, I like to call it the joy of sewing. Oh, know, we all yeah. We, we rejoice when we see the, you know, the harvest, when somebody obeys the gospel. But if we could have more people get to understand the joy of sowing this seed, God will give the increase if there's going to be one. But to be excited about the opportunities that just to be able to share, right? Talk about that, the joy of sowing. Well, yeah, I had, I, there, let me back up a little bit. When we were Nazarenes, I... I and I kind of hesitate to say this, but I was a basketball coach for the Nazarene League. No. <laughs> oh, really? yeah, 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 yeah. And so we were able to recruit guys to play for us. And we were using that, trying to use that as a tool of evangelism, but it fell flat. Sure. Uh, 
but nevertheless, there was one young man that uh, he was a member of the Assemblies of God Church there in Louisville. And I, he lived next door to us, and I recruited him to play basketball for me. He was a big, big, tall, good, good basketball player. And after our conversion, after Sue and I became Christians, of course, he still lived next door to us. I tried to convert him. I tried to teach him the gospel. And what was funny is, is every Tuesday night when he would walk next door to study with us, he would leave the house so mad that any material that I gave to him, he would tear up and throw down on my front porch. Oh. And, oh, yeah. And, and, I mean, this went on. And, and let's say that was Tuesday night. Well, by Thursday, he was coming back apologizing for the way that he acted and said he'd like to study again. Uh, that would be repeated week after week. Well, let me, long story short, he's now preaching the gospel down in Tennessee. He, he was converted, and he converted his wife when he got married. She was a Roman Catholic. And now he's preaching down in Tennessee. That's you exciting. Know, you can't you can't make this stuff up. It's exciting. No, you you can't make it up. And and you we've touched on it a couple of times, but the joy of doing this, and, and I've said this several times, uh, uh, if we can have the joy of tea, because too many people uh, they worry about the results. It's not that's not our job. We're we're supposed to sow the seed and plant and water, but uh, but just one when you see somebody. I mean, the joy that even if somebody, I get so excited and I tell the congregation, I've got another study set up or I got this, you know, I want them to understand the excitement. And of course, we're, we're uh, rejoicing when somebody uh, obeys and, and are baptized into Christ and uh, we sing the song, sing and be happy. And we rejoice with all that. But, but, uh, and we, the scriptures tell us that even the angels in heaven are rejoicing. Right. And, but that is contagious. Yes, it is. is. Yes, it, it is. It's contagious. And once people, I think it's why the, they're, you know, of course, it was after Stephen was killed, but the, the language of what the, the Christians were turning the world upside down. Well, they had yeah. caught, they had, they were on fire because they had, they, the, the, they had experienced the joy of, uh, of leading others to Christ. Oh, I, I, I tell people, I, I, enthusiasm, zeal is contagious. If yeah. you're happy and you're excited and you're zealous about this, it, it, it's going to rub off on other people. And you mentioned, you, you mentioned Stephen. I, I got to tell you something that, that's heavy on my mind, and, and that is the age in which we're living. I, I believe that we're living not in a post-Christian age. I believe that we're living in a pre-Christian age. The time in which we're living is more like the first century, uh, when the gospel had its greatest impact. Uh, we're, we're, and if we would just emulate and, and, and follow the examples of those early Christians, Stephen and others in the book of Acts, then I, I, I can't say that it's going to be to the same extent, but we're going to see some things change. Wow. Uh, and there, that's, uh, we, we could talk about that a long time as well. You know, um, uh, it's contagious, but uh, and not, not to be negative, I've mentioned this, I don't know every time, but uh, in, in too many places, uh, the the community, the congregations are not reaching out to people in their communities. Uh, they've lost that, like the church in, in Ephesus, they'd lost their first. They've lost their first love, and, and the zeal is gone. And congregations are closing their doors, and Christians are leaving uh, you know, congregations. And uh, and I'm not I'm not being negative. I'm just being real. There's too many stats out there to look at it. So. Hopefully, uh, 
you know, and that leads into the next question. Uh, I call it the one thing. So somebody listened to this and they didn't know Jr. and now they're, you know, they've listened, they've got excited. And even this old guy can, ha- this, Hey, I did old people get, Oh, we're not old. <laughs> Watch what you're saying. I, I, you know, it, have you ever thought about the fact that Moses was 80 when, when God called him to go? Oh yeah. Oh man. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but but and, uh, and, so, Ke- and, and Caleb, give me this mountain, you know? <laughs> oh, I know. I know. Yeah. So somebody's listening to this and they go, I want to get involved. I, I want to start doing this. And there's more than one thing, but I've been calling it. What's one thing that you could say to somebody that they need to do, or they need to learn how to do in leading others to Christ. I, I tell you, I, I think the one thing that I would like to leave people with is just, and I know this is very basic, the great commission. Jesus said, you know, make disciples of all the nations, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And, and he said, and he, you know what he said? He said, and I will be with you. So if we teach and we baptize in the name of Christ, then he's going to be with us. And so that's one of the things that we need to keep in mind. I'm not doing this by myself. I have the power of God's word and I have the presence of the Lord. So powerful. So powerful. It is. Uh, another thing, if somebody wanted to reach out to you, what's, what's, if, is that, if that's okay, would you share with us uh, a, a good contact information? Absolutely. Can I give you two? I'll give you my, yeah. uh, I'll give you my uh, email address. It's jrbronger at reagan.com, R-E-A-G-A-N.com. Or you can reach me at 317-946-6583. And I want to say something about the congregation that I'm with out here. That zeal is not dead out here. We've got people that are on fire for the Lord. Brett, Jermaine, John, and I could just go down the list, Kirk and others. They're just on fire for the Lord. And I, I just appreciate that so much. Well, I looked up, I looked up uh, Blue Springs on the, on the map and it, it is right there at Kansas City. It is. So uh, uh, never heard of Blue Springs before and I'm sure others haven't, but uh, so uh, I, I know how, uh, you know, blessed they are to have you and Sue there with them. And uh, I didn't realize it had already been three years. That doesn't seem. Oh, possible. We're, we're, we're in our third. We just finished our second. We've started into our third year. Started the third. Yeah, uh, right. But still, even two years, that's it. It's gone by fast. Oh, but, oh, boy. But listen, I again, we're out of time. But thank you so much. And uh, uh, appreciate you so much and, and have over the years. And, and keep up your good work. You and Sue, keep at it. Uh, and, well, you, uh, same, same to you and Gay. You all keep working for the Lord. Well, we will, and we, and I know you do, and, and we as well. We continue to give God the glory for the Absolutely. opportunities that we have. So thanks, brother, and we will and talk to you soon. We'll talk to you soon. You got it, my brother. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye. Melt my heart and fill my life. Give me one soul today.